Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. college football fans and welcome to the primetime podcast ricky widmer here along with brandon swanson hey 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 and in a few weeks brandon i can't say just welcome college football fans because college basketball is going to be back in a couple days it's wild man. well not a couple days a couple weeks it's wild i think it's what november 13th is our first uh tip off to basketball you know what i'm not sure because all i care about right now is the world series the world's well you're a royals guy well white Sox, but your royals are in it so yeah uh, that's all you care about. It probably right doesn't now. make a whole lot of sense to a lot of people. <laughs> Some people would be like, that's like me liking the Cubs and the Cardinals. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. But it's not like that. That's like so, saying you're th- a But that's not, it's not like that because the Cubs and the Cardinals are both competitive. The White Sox are crap. <laughs> They're really bad. And the Royals on the other side are good. But so, I've got family ties in Kansas City. That's why. So right now it's like you're... A Texas Longhorn fan living in Texas, but you've t- family ties in Oklahoma, so you're also a Sooner fan? Is yeah. that how it's like? Yeah, that's kind of how Tr- it's like. Trying a to relate it to the college football crowd that we may have. Certainly. Listening to the podcast. That we may have. We've, we've got we've, it. We do. We we've do. We've got it. If, if you like college sports, you're listening to the Primetime Podcast. There's no doubt about it. If you're anyone who's anybody, you're <laughs> listening to the Primetime Podcast. We've got a jam-packed show for you guys. I mean, I think it's jam-packed. Brandon doesn't agree with me with... Uh, our first topic that we got on the docket for you, but no, neither talking, should any of you. We're going to be talking some group of five teams in college football. We're going to be talking some Baylor, some OSU, but the big thing and the name of the podcast this week, Brandon, I know you don't agree with it, but this is something that I feel needs to get talked about sooner rather than later. And hey, when we get playoff rankings, I'd rather get it out of the way now before we get into the heat of things in the playoffs. The big thing that's going on is Memphis. 16th team in the country. They beat Old Miss a few weeks ago. They beat Tulsa. I mean, at Tulsa, yeah, you're probably like, whatever, it's Tulsa. But here's the question I'm going to ask you, Brandon. If Memphis goes undefeated, so they beat Tulane, they beat Navy, they beat, at the moment, 18th-ranked Houston. They beat, at the moment, 21st-ranked Temple, who could go up if they beat Notre Dame, and they beat SMU, they win their conference championship game. They go undefeated. Should they be one of the top four teams in the playoffs? No. No. They, Why? It, G- give, me, give me something. Give no, me something. Why? Well, well, they're not going to be one of the top four teams in the playoffs because there's just— I'm saying if they were undefeated, should they be? Should they be? No. No. No, they, they, they shouldn't be. And I, I think that's because there's teams that are better— in front of them, they're they're not going to be. I mean, you look at, I don't know. Again, you know, it's all personal opinion to everyone, and it's 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 on everyone's own personal analysis of how they look at things. Ba- Baylor's in front of them, Ohio State's in front of them, LSU's in front of them, Clemson's in front of them. 
I would even put Alabama in front of them, and Alabama's lost. And they're a one-loss team. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, there's teams that are better than the Memphis Tigers. I don't think are as good as what you and other people may believe that they are. I mean, if you look at their quarterback, Paxton Lynch, he's over 2,300 yards on the season. 17 touchdowns to just one interception. That's very good. Mm -hmm. It's very, very good. It's very consistent. They've got consistency on their team. I'll give them that. But you're not... You're not playing anybody. You're not playing anybody. Well, and here's the thing I think. And you, you beat you beat Ole Miss. That's Ole the Miss, reason. An Ole Miss to team. To me, that's the reason. An Ole Miss team who looked great against Alabama. An Ole Miss team that beat uh, Texas A&M. But a team, um, uh, an Ole Miss team who I don't think is as good as what we thought they were back when they were ranked number three and had, you know, won by mm-hmm. 70 points in their first three games. Here's the way I think of it is, for me, let's say in this situation, Memphis, there's only four undefeated teams at the end of the season. Memphis is one of them. To me, I would take a, I would actually look at my sheet for my top four teams. And at first glance, I'd be like, okay, let me try to make the case to put Memphis in. And the one thing that is really keeping me from keeping them like out of the playoffs is that win against Old Miss. They actually this is a group of five team went into the power five ranks and said, not not just, hey, we're gonna play you. We're gonna beat you. And they did. And you could say everything in the world, oh, Old Miss isn't as great as they were when they beat Alabama. But the point is, Old Miss lost that game. And Memphis won that game. And to me, Houston and Temple are going to be the next stepping stones that they have to get over. Now, Houston, that's the one where I'm kind of like, okay, how are they the 18th team in the country? Because... Here's the teams they've beaten. Tennessee, TNTN, or TNTC. AT&T? Don't even, don't even know who they are. They beat a cable company. Then they beat Louisville, Texas State, Tulsa, SMU, Tulane, and a defeated, a winless Central Florida team that their coach either resigned or got fired right after that loss happened. And yeah, I know what you're saying at home. You're going, well, Ricky, those same teams... Memphis had to play. They have to play Tulane. They have to play Tulsa. They have to play SMU. However, they went ahead and beat Old Miss. Yeah, Houston beat Louisville, but Louisville's nowhere near Old Miss in the SEC. And the game's coming up for Houston. Their only SEC team on the docket is Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a bottom feeder. To me, Temple is a better... like. Okay, Temple, if they get past this week, then it's like, okay, now they're a viable shot to make the playoff if they go undefeated because they they're playing number nine Notre Dame this weekend. So if Temple and, and they're be, not going to win. No, I'm not saying they are, but if they do, if they do pull off the upset, then they go, okay, a win over Temple for Memphis, that would hold some weight because Temple beat Notre Dame. Vice versa, if Temple beats Notre Dame and then beats Memphis, oh, Memphis beat 
Old Miss, this win for Temple over Old Miss carries some more weight because of the body of work that their opponent put in. And I feel like for me, this goes to a much greater question. The group of five. These are the five conferences that are not the power five. The American is grouped into that. How much weight should we put on these group of fives to where let's say one of them does go undefeated. We take that undefeated record and say, okay, you should be in the college football playoff. How much weight should we put on an undefeated season? None. None. Well, none. Because they're a group of five? Absolutely. I, I'm sorry. You, no one wants to see Memphis or Houston in, in the playoffs. No one wants to see that. You want to see, you want to see ratings go up. You want to see a good game against good teams. You're not going to see that with a Memphis or a Houston. You're just not. You're not going to see that. People don't want to see, you know, for example, people do not want to see a Clemson versus Memphis. That's not going to draw. I think that a fight between Ronda Rousey and an ant would draw (laughs) more than Clemson versus Memphis. And if you're sitting there at home and or in your car or at your computer going, well, Ricky, Brandon, I'm confused. What exactly is the group of five? They are the conferences outside. It's the Power Five, which is— And then the group of five well, who no one gives a shit the about. The Power Five is like Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, Big 12, SEC. The only teams in football. The, the group of five is your CUSA, so that's like Western Kentucky— and Marshall. Who Ricky was touting you last have, week. Western <laughs> Kentucky, folks. You have the, the MAC, so like Toledo, Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, Ball State, Central Michigan, Kent State, Miami of Ohio. Then you have the American, that's your Memphis, your Houston, your Yukon, your Temple. Then you have the Mountain West, that's where Boise State reigns supreme. And then the Sun, the Sun Belt, which has like Georgia State. Troy, Iowa, nobody cares about the Sun Belt. But here's the thing I think of. In a playoff system of four, the group five gets no weight. Is that bad? Yes and no. No, because we only have four like we only have four teams to pick, so they should be the best of the best, which I'm sorry is the Power Five team. They should be the best However, of the best. And the thing is, though, is that these group of five would be better or look better if they played teams other than Tulane, SMU, Tulsa all the time. And that's, and that's it. why you get you, Memphis and Temple challenging like Notre Dame, Old Miss. But that shouldn't that shouldn't necessarily be coming at the end of your schedule. You should have someone within the first four games that you're playing. But that's how it should that's how I think it should be all the way around because you get no. these teams Yeah, because you get these teams that have this cupcake schedule all the way along and they are ending up towards the top of the top twenty five while you have this other team who maybe has one or two losses because they're playing freaking everybody but yet they're they're at 19. So you're telling me that Memphis should have played, let's say, Old Miss within the first four weeks yeah. of their season? Yeah, why okay. not? So they played Memphis when they were 13th. If they would have played them to open the season, Old Miss was ranked 17th. So, okay, would have been a lower-ranked opponent. They played them going into week two. Old Miss was still 17th. 
Week three, I'm hoping they move up 15, and I'm hoping they move up to week four to make my case something strong. They played them week four. They would have been the number three team in the country. That would have helped Memphis out better because they would have beaten the number three team in the country, not the number 13 team in the country. So to me, the way I see it is I don't care where you play them. The point is Old I Miss. Do. I do. Old Miss, if you have a team like Memphis or a group of five team on your schedule, you should be expected to beat them because you are the power five, the, the best of the best. It's like it's David and Goliath. If you are Old Miss playing Memphis, Memphis could be a great team. I'm not saying they're not a great team, but because they're a group of five, you should beat them. Because you're the power five, you're in the SEC, you're where all the main recruits want to go. We're not going to get into how all the recruits really want to go to Alabama when we get into the SEC, but you're in the conference, the conference of the power five that everybody and their grandmother wants to go to. Everyone wants to play football in the SEC. That's why we see teams like Missouri and Texas A&M take their talents to the SEC. That's why Feinbaum makes a living on the radio talking SEC because it's the football conference and I know Paul Feinbaum. That's what I'm talking about, Brandon. I thought it was Paul Finnebaum. No, it's Feinbaum. I thought it was Finnebaum. It is not Finnebaum. Uh, tomato fucking tomato. What I, the point is, SEC, here's the thing. They lost to a group of five. That, to me, puts the weight in the group of five. However, I'm going to throw this out there. with Like I was saying, our four playoff system, I'm even though I would love to see an undefeated Memphis team get into that top four. Why? Why would you like to see that? Why would you like to see that? Do you, Can you name anyone on Memphis? Paxton Lynch. That's I said it. that earlier. I know. That's about it. That's the only one. And the thing is, it's not about who I can name on that team. If they didn't beat Old Miss, I'm not talking about them right now. I wish they wouldn't have. Because the then we would have had to talk about this worthless topic. That's why we're talking about this. However... I'm fine with leaving them out of the top four, even if they're undefeated. Although I feel like we should move to an eight-team playoff, the group of five champion, the best team at the end of the season in the group of five, doesn't just get a New Year's Day game. They get a final spot in the group of eight. Well, Ricky, how about this? I would agree with you that if there were was an eight-team playoff, then okay. You know what? Maybe one of them can get in. Maybe a Memphis could get in. Maybe a Houston could get in. But that's only if there's eight teams. That opens up the field a little bit more. Right now we're looking at the four best teams. The four strongest teams. Memphis doesn't belong up there. They're not one of the top four strongest teams. I mean, you put a Memphis up against an Ohio State with what they've got. With the best of what they've got. You put them up against a Baylor, even with Seth Russell out now. Don't say you, Alabama. You put Don't them up against Alabama. an LSU. Don't you say Alabama. You put them up against a Clemson. People's top four teams right now. Yeah. I was you, gonna... you, you put them up against any one of those four. They're not stronger than any one of those four, nor do they deserve to get in ahead of one of those four. Won't happen. Not going to happen. But my attitude expands greatly mm-hmm. and changes 
exponentially if it expands to eight. Then I'm going to say, okay, okay, let's take a look at this. Now maybe they could slide in in front of a Michigan State. Maybe they could. Because well, as Mi- you start to go down the ladder, it, it starts to go, you know, you could interchange some of these teams. You know, Houston be, could be 16, Memphis could be 18, Toledo could be, you know, 15, and Memphis could be 20. You know, it, there's there's all these different things where you can start mm-hmm. to change and insert teams to different spots once you're down underneath 15, I think. Well, and so, I think the one thing that you also have to take into consideration is we're thinking of this as part of it's as of right now, like how you say, oh, well, they could sneak in ahead of Michigan State. But if we're thinking this at the end of the year, really the way you got to think of it is Ohio State and Michigan State. Both of them are not making the playoffs. Just the way it's just grouped together, because it's not one of those things where LSU and Alabama where they're going to play in the title game. No, no, no. Michigan State, Ohio State play earlier in the season. Then the winner of that game most likely gets the Big Ten title game. So that's an extra game for that winner. And if they win, it just catapults them. You also have TCU Baylor. Arguably, the winner of that game is going to be in the discussion for the playoffs. If Clemson doesn't win the ACC, they're not in the discussion for the playoffs. And let's say Iowa State or Michigan plays Iowa in the Big Ten title game and they lose, people could say Iowa should be in the college football playoff. So it's really about thinking, what do you think the end of the year is going to be like? And if I'm going with my midseason prediction, and I said Baylor, Clemson, LSU, and at the time I said Utah, now I'll say Stanford, I guess, or Notre Dame. I would love for Memphis to be put in there, but I just think with four teams, you don't, like, you can't. You can't. However, I think the perfect situation is bring it, bring the playoffs to eight. Then that way you can say, okay, instead of, because the rules have it, like I've been saying, where the group of five, the best team with the best record, top ranking in the group of five at the end of the year they automatically get a New Year's New Year's Day Bowl, like the whatever of six they call it. Last year it was Boise State played in the Fiesta Bowl. If you put it to eight, game, eight teams in the playoffs, you can go ahead and say, okay, the team with the best ranking out of the group of five gets a playoff spot. That I'm fine with. However, let's move on to a real team, as Brandon would say, Baylor. They've got a little bit of a conundrum here going into their off week, Brandon. Their quarterback's going to be out for a while, a.k.a. the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, actually, Seth Russell um, going to be having surgery on his neck, and they, they say rest of the season, but I think that they're also looking at, you know, will he would he be able to play football again? You know, I think, and that's kind of a greater issue there is, is, is for the young man's overall health uh, moving forward because, you know, football's a – clearly a contact sport Mm -hmm. and a heavy contact sport and you know there are unfortunately times when you will see terrible injuries happen uh such as such as these but but now moving forward to to what's really you know a, a huge story here now is baylor will they be able to uh 
to to move on. Um, Jared Stidham is going to take over the quarterback spot as as he was the number two quarterback on the roster. Now he takes over the the number one spot, and and here's who Baylor has the rest of the way out. They've got uh, K State, who you know could give them a little bit of a little bit of a uh, contest there. Then you've got Oklahoma, followed by Oklahoma State, followed by TCU, and then Texas. I know that Ricky. I think. What was it way back when when we were doing our predictions, our offseason predictions? Mm-hmm. It was kind of both of us. I, I think both of us. I, I said I can't two remember. Big twelve teams in there, but, but, in but the preseason. But we're looking back then, though. I think you even said, "Oh, Baylor, Baylor will get TCU," didn't you? Or did you say TCU will get Baylor? I I, I said I don't know who I said. I said it was going to be a three point game, a three point differential. They're both going to get in because of that. Probably not going to happen now, but here's the here's a point I want to throw out about this okay, injury. Okay, fuck my point. I, I didn't, you know, well, didn't want to make one. It's not about fuck your point, Brandon, but it's just I heard this on ESPN. I can't remember who I heard it from, but it dates back to 2010-2011 where Baylor has RG3. RG3 wins the Heisman. RG3 leaves. First thing we're asking, well, how can the Bears handle without RG3? What are they going to do? Steps in Nick Florence. Florence throws for over 4,000 yards, 33 touchdowns in 2012. He leaves. Well, what are they going to do? They don't have Nick Florence. In steps Bryce Petty. 4,200 yards his first year, 32 touchdowns, three interceptions. Then in 2014, has a 3,800-yard season, 29 touchdowns, seven INTs. He leaves. Well, what are they going to do? They don't have Bryce Petty. In steps Seth Russell, already over 2,100 yards, 29 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Now we're at it again, sooner than we thought. They don't have Seth Russell. What are they going to do? And if the status stays quo, in steps Jared, who, or Jarrett, who right now is, yeah, he's only got 331 yards, he adds in garbage time, yeah, he's got 6 touchdowns, no INTs, he adds in garbage time, but... To me, part of me feels like Baylor doesn't have to hit the panic button yet because as of right now, the status quo is that the system makes the quarterback good. And as long as the the system works, Baylor works. That's what it seems. So the point I was trying to make earlier, Ricky, that you that you just passed okay. over because you thought I was not trying to make one, was does this change anything now in that TCU game? No. You know, are is, no. are we going in? It's just like having Seth Russell yep. in there, quarterback. Just Doesn't change I, anything. It's just as competitive because of the exact reason I said. Okay, it's, as a well, and this could change before that TCU game. As of right now, I mean, it's kind of like how if you go on ESPN and they're asking the question, well, how is the playoff committee going to rank Baylor on their off week? Because next week we get our first playoff rankings. As of right now, you're assuming. The system works. Right now, the quarterback that's coming in has not shown huge problems with the system. So you're sitting there going, okay, A-OK. Good thing for you, if you're a Baylor a Baylor Bear fan, you get Kansas State that first game, which, I mean, to me, weaker opponent. Weaker opponent on the road. So he gets a road test thrown at him right away. Primetime game on Thursday night. Let's him kind of get his bearings in as a starter. If if he struggles in that game, if he struggles and wins that game, I'm happy. 
Because I'd rather have him struggle and win to beat Kansas so that if he struggles against Oklahoma, struggles against Oklahoma State, struggles against TCU, he knows what to do to get out of it. It's when a quarterback doesn't struggle and then they finally struggle and you see them make more mistakes because they don't know what to do when they're in the heat of it in pressure. You know, I've got a, I've got another, another thing to bring up too. Is that some people who were who were listening to the last segment that we did talking about Memphis, and and I said, you know, pretty much wrote them off as who cares? They haven't beaten anyone. Uh, they they don't necessarily you say the same deserve. Thing about Baylor. I was just going to make that point, and that's what I've actually said on the podcast before uh, to Ricky, saying, you know, why do they deserve to be the number two team? And Ricky, every time, I said they score a lot of points. They, well, they it, blow it, off it, their it, opponent. But, but but see, when you play SMU, LAM, Rice, TTU, uh, Kansas, West Virginia, ISU, you know, these teams aren't good. You know, they're they're not good teams. Uh, they're, the they're, lat- there's nothing that goes back to to say you know what actually this team was good at this time none of these teams that they played were were ranked when they played them so that's that's a big thing i'm gonna throw out two points though about the last two teams you mentioned west virginia i would say is arguably right now their toughest opponent that they've played yeah they handled them yeah they let them score 38 but it's the toughest that they've played i know that's not saying much also about iowa state this is the same iowa state team that TCU, the mighty TCU, let lead them, I think it was, what, 21-14 in the first half where Baylor just kind of said, no, you don't get the lead because we're better than you. That's the only thing I throw out there is I think of it that way. Well, okay, Baylor handled Iowa State, whereas your counterpart TCU kind of struggled with Iowa State earlier in the game. And, yes, that question gets – you're probably sitting there going, well, Ricky – Ricky, they play each other. Yes, that question will get answered Friday, November 27th at TCU on ESPN in primetime. The thing is right now about Baylor, and this is where I stand, right now I'm not panicking. After the Kansas State game, I may panic a little if they struggle. However, i rather have, if it's a struggle and a win, I'm not panicking as much. Because then the young quarterback knows what to do if he struggles against. Because odds are, in one of the three games against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and TCU, he's going to struggle in one of them. They're not going to be cupcake wins. Let's just put it that way. Not going to be cupcake wins. Well, you know, now you've got this backup quarterback who has only had four incomplete passes. 6-0 on the touchdown-interception ratio. You know, even if you put a bigger workload on Shock Linwood, he's been good. Nine touchdowns yeah, on the I season, think he's be fine. almost a thousand yards. Then you've got just great receivers, talented receivers. Corey Coleman, eighteen touchdowns on the season off of forty-seven receptions. Then Jay Lee, he has over five hundred yards. He has six touchdowns. These 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 wide receivers are really going to help out Jared mm-hmm. Sinem, their 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 quarterback, who is going to take it the rest of the way. And I think this is going to say a lot about the Baylor coaching staff and what they're able to do and how they're going to bring, you know, Stidham, not even into their system, but how they're going to bring him along after being behind um, Seth Russell the entire season. You know, it's not like the guy never practices and all of a sudden he's like, oh, man, now I'm the the starter at practice and stuff. But I think that there's going to be confidence there that he's got all these pieces around him 
It's not like Russell was making all of these guys look good. No, the team because was good. they were just good. Yeah. Baylor's just good. I mean, yeah, I, I, they I didn't think play that... opponents like Clemson or like Alabama. No, or they LSU. weren't. Which is which is why you could question their number two ranking, but you could question the ranking of a lot of teams, yeah. as I have, obviously. <laughs> like Iowa at number ten. Iowa at number ten is kind of a shock, mm-hmm. um, but you know they keep winning. You know that, that's just <laughs> that's just kind of the thing, and you can't. That's that's the problem, though. That's what I've also told Ricky when it comes to Ohio State. Ricky gets pissed off each week when he sees Ohio State's number one. I think he literally feels like he needs to have an exorcism well, part, to get Ohio State out of his system. Part of me, because, hates, part of me hates Ohio State. Well, but, absolutely, because he's I mean, a big, they, they big are 10 good, guy and he's Illinois. Team. They are but, a good team. But, but Ohio State keeps winning games well, under Cardale Jones. Did they look good? They looked like junk, but they kept winning the games. When they played NIU, did they look good? Mm-hmm. No. No, they didn't. But they won the game. And that is why See, they then, keep being like, the number one team. And the whole the only reason in our rankings, like during that stretch of except for the Rutgers game, because they finally looked yeah, they played Rutgers, but they finally looked like a number one team because when they struggled against NIU when they struggled against Indiana, when they struggled against uh, West Western Michigan, I'm looking over at the Big 12 and I'm seeing this team in Baylor just say, yeah, who cares who we're playing? We're blowing you out. And they blew them out. Ohio State should have blown out uh, Northern Illinois, should have blown out Indiana greater than they did. Should have blown out, I mean... They, they should have blew out every single team except for Virginia Tech on their schedule. Yeah, you can say they win, but to me, the only team that can competitively challenge them for number one right now is Baylor based on the points and the margin between Baylor's score and their opponent's score. But because you brought up Ohio State, ask me the question that you asked me before we hit the record button that what you wanted to talk about with the Buckeyes. Ask me the question. My biggest thing is is that now that Cardale Jones no longer is the starting quarterback there at Ohio State and JT Barrett is the starting quarterback and we've already seen what JT Barrett can do while he's the starter, is Ohio State back on the map of being a legitimate, not even a number one team, but being a legitimate Playoff contender now, who a lot of people now define, and, and I'm being and I'm being define what you mean by legitimate, legitimate. Like what like do they you should mean be, about that? Like, like what do you mean when you say that? Because there could be you could kind of take that legitimate. Look it up ways. in the fucking damn. I'm dictionary. not saying the word. I'm saying what you mean with the question. What I, I mean take it two different ways. What I mean with the question is, are they a true playoff team? Is this are they for real? Legitimate equals, are they for real? Are they a pretender? Are they pretending? You know, it was JT Barrett. Did he look good because he played Rutgers? I love JT Barrett Or or, or did he look good because he's good? And that this is what... He's good because he's JT Barrett. or, Or this is what Ohio State could have been seeing all season long if they would have just started him over Cardale Jones. And is he now putting... Everyone in their place who said, no, start Cardale Jones. People like me, start Cardale, start Cardale, start Cardale, start Jones, start Jones. And now he's showing everyone, 
the hell were you guys thinking? You should have started me from the very beginning because you can ride me to a win into a decisive win. I'm going to answer it. I'm going to give you two question answers here. Yes, it makes Ohio State a, I'm not going to say legitimate, like, and I'm not, when I say legitimate, I'm not saying a for sure they're in the playoff. However, it gives their, like, to me, it bumps up their chances from like 65 to 80. However, I don't care who you have at quarterback, Cardell or JT, I still think Ohio State. Pick November 21st or November 28th, whichever one you want. One of the two teams from Michigan is going to beat Ohio State. One of them is going to beat them. I'm leaning towards the uh, the maize and blue or the maize and yellow, whatever they're called, maize and blue, I think it is. I'm leaning towards the Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh because they've looked good. They should have beaten Michigan State. I know they didn't. And because I'm not Jim get Harbaugh on that irons his soapbox. khakis. He irons his khakis, and he everything is done like it's supposed to be. It's perm-pressed. He is just methodical with the way he coaches. He makes sure every, all his ducks are in a line, and he has got those kids playing some inspired football. Can Michigan State beat Ohio State? Yeah, they got a chance. However... I don't think Ohio State loses both games, but they lose one of them. And that's even with JT Barrett at quarterback. Now, is there a chance they win both? Yes. But right now I put my money on them losing last game of the year, missing out on the Big Ten title game because they lost in Ann Arbor at the big house. So you're not you're not ultimately you're not putting Ohio State anywhere near the top four. So you're, oh, not, no. you're not having them a playoff team at all. The way I see it is our Big Ten title game is going to be... I got to see how this works out again. Because I'm leaning towards Ohio State to beat Michigan State. So that would put Michigan State at one loss in the conference, Ohio State zero. Even if Ohio State lost to Michigan... They'd have the tiebreaker of both Penn State and Michigan State. They'd go to the Big Ten title game. However, if Michigan only has that one loss in their record, they could then go to the title game. I'm not going to get into that. In the end, I think our title game may be, it's either going to be Iowa-Michigan or Iowa-Ohio State. Blech. Whoever gets in. Why was It's either going to be the Ohio Buckeyes State. or the Wolverines. You've been drinking. A little bit. It's either going to be the Wolverines. I didn't see Steve Sarkeesian out there in the front. Too soon, Brandon. Too soon. It's either going to be the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. One of those two teams against the Hawkeyes. That's it. Whoever wins the Big Ten goes to the playoff, maybe. Maybe not Iowa if they win it. I don't know. I don't know what the committee's going to think. I, it's either... It, Maybe the Big Ten gets left out if Iowa wins it all. I mean, this is kind of off topic with our Ohio State thing, but if Iowa wins the Big Ten, they beat Ohio State in any capacity in the Big Ten title game. Is Iowa a playoff team? I know a random question I just threw your way, a little curveball. Can you hossamer it out of the park for me? 
I, you know, I don't know um, if if that would happen because then, even if even if they won there, you would have they'd be undefeated. Clem- they you would have Clemson. You would have most likely LSU. Mm-hmm. We'll assuming say that, we'll say assuming that the Tigers beat the Crimson Tide in the uh, SEC title game. Is that what we're saying? So you might have LSU or Alabama. Okay. You have Baylor. Most likely. What about if Stanford wins the Pac-12? They're not going to. But what if they do? I would say they're not going to because I. But I yeah. don't want to hear you say. But what if they do again? Well, so, I'm just saying. Um, well, if they I, don't, they don't get in. But if they do, are they in? If they lose, does does Notre Dame get back in? You know, Ricky, these are questions that we have to wait and see. I on. know, but they're like, I love that we had like. It just takes me back to remember the BCS, yeah. remember the computer. Yeah. When we kind of knew what the computer was going to do. Oh, yeah. Except for those years where it's like, well, in the AP 25, these guys are one and three, but in the BCS, they're one and two. But see, this is what I, th- you know, this is what I think Raiders do. And now, whether I'm right or wrong, I'm probably wrong. But and Brandon means Raiders, not like the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. If you were confused there. Yeah. The Raiders, <laughs> not the Raiders. Um, so, what the Raiders do is I think they sit around and they go, what are people going to want to watch? Are Do you they wanna, really uh, think so? Yeah. I think that's what, not all of them, but I feel like a lot will be like, do people want to see Iowa or do people want to see LSU? Do people want to see Iowa or do they want to see Clemson? See, I think with me, if if I was in the room, it would be more of body of work. Who have you beaten compared to this other team? Why Memphis kind of, even though I'd love to have them in there, why they're out. It's like I said before. And I, I got to go back. Why Why do you want to have Memphis in there so badly? Why do you want to have them in there? I just feel like if they go undefeated. What, what What body of work makes them better than the teams that will be? What body of work? They've beaten you just three said, ranked teams. You just said. Oh, three ranked shit. teams. You just said. <laughs> how, if your body of teams. work was better than your body of work, I would put you in. And that's why I'm not. I wouldn't put Memphis in. But. I would love to have them in. You would just I, would said I put them you, in? Yes, no, yes, but I would you love would to see put them, them in. in. You no, would. I wouldn't. You would. Don't you lie? No, you would. I would put them in like a New Year, a New Year's Day game, because right now they're the best of the group of five. They truly are. They're the best. What you don't you don't think that they should? I don't watch the group of five. <laughs> Give a rat's ass so last about year, the group of five. So last year when Marshall was going on a tear, you were like, don't even let them go anywhere near the playoff. No, I was watching the movie. We are Marshall. That's all I cared about. I just wanted to watch the movie. Even though Matthew McConaughey is a uh, Longhorn fan. Hey, Matthew McConaughey is a great actor. It's <laughs> all that mattered. And the last thing I want to bring up, and this is what we'll close the shop on for this podcast. The shop. The state of the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, well, it's uh, kind of in disarray. Well, it's how you look at it is they lose, what, 58 to nothing to Clemson? Only. They fire Al Golden, and it's like SVP said on a Sports Center show. The only people in the student section for the Hurricanes were the ones who had to be there. They were the band. Only ones there. The ones that had to be there. Couldn't leave early because they had to be there. The band. You know, it's not... Far off. I mean, when you see when you saw the overhead view of that stadium, I mean, it's depressing. It was depressing. And you know what? 
it's probably good that they got rid of him now because they were going to get rid of him at the end of the season anyways. It, it, I mean, it, it didn't have to be a 58 to nothing loss, but it just helped to kind of move it along. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's really kind of, you know, unfortunate because Golden brought them through their sanction days and, you know, he had to endure all of that crap that he didn't even bring on. You know, he kind of went in during then. So he never had, I don't think, a really good run there in Miami. And now Miami's, you know, it takes me back to the, what is it, the E60 or the 30, not the E60, two the 30, 30 for 30. Two of them. You know, it's, where's that Miami? The U. Where is the U? Get back to that. Good football. A proud Miami nation. You know, where is that? Well, that's and, and they need the next hire needs to be someone who's not only going to be a good coach, but going to be good for the university, going to be good for the atmosphere. I can't gonna be uh, good for all of that. I they, wish they've got to bring in someone who's going to bring in people, not just for their football team. Well, an SVP put it perfectly, though. He basically I'm not going to quote everything that he said, but the main point was. The U used to be about swagger. When someone does this, Brandon, throws up the U, what does that mean? It means Miami. Nowadays, it means nothing because they suck. What He said what they should focus on is reality. And here's the thing I think they need to do. You mentioned the 30 for 30s, right? Yeah. They need to do what Schnellenberger did when he came in. Head coach needs to come in and say, okay, we're roping off this area. The state of Miami, nobody leaves. No, no high-end recruit in Miami leaves this area. They're all staying. That's what they need to do. That is what they need to do. Rope off the state of Miami again. Keep those, those recruits homegrown. And I know everyone's going to talk about Charlie Strong taking the job if things at Texas don't go well. You know what I hope the Hurricanes don't do? Because I know of a coach that has, he liked to recruit in the Florida area. You know who I hope they don't hire? Tim Beckman. Why would they? Why is it even a thought? Because if the, the one they, they, thing they I can't, worry they about can't them go doing, back to another bad coach. Well, here's the thing I worry about them doing. Oh, you had ties to, like, the thing that was hard for him was he was pulling guys from Florida to Illinois. Who wants to leave Florida to go to Illinois? But if you could say, oh, well, I'm here in Miami. I know this. I like to tap into this Florida scene. I don't know. Maybe it's just me panicking. It is. I would say don't. Like, don't even look at him. The one thing, I I don't even know who would be really good for this job. I mean, Charlie Strong's out there. I mean. Butch Davis. Butch Davis. If Sark gets his act together, I mean, I don't think they hire him. Do you think Chip Kelly? If Chip Kelly, I know every time a college job comes up, Chip Kelly gets his name thrown out there. But, but, I mean, I'm not saying he goes there, but is Chip Kelly going to go back to college if he gets fired from the Eagles? I don't know. He's got to get fired from the Eagles first. Or Steve Spurrier. Because remember what Spurrier said. He's coaching high school until he's, someone comes sure? knocking. Because he, he's like, I'm not retiring. I'm just resigning. And he he was the head ball coach at Florida. 
in the throughout ball, the, the '90s, the, the head, head ball, ball coach, coach in at Florida throughout the '90s. So what says if Miami comes to call and he doesn't say fuck it, I'll come back, I'll go back to Florida. And one thing that the SVP said too is that Miami is not a bad program; they're not a lost program. They just need someone to lead that program mm-hmm. and lead it well, and that's what they're looking for. They are really much. If you go, if you're listening to this podcast, you're doing something right. I want you to go and watch the thirty for thirty, the U part one. Watch it and tell me right now. Wow, that's the state Miami's in right now. I mean, it's a little bit different because we're not as it's not as civil rights driven as that time was. I mean, we're a little bit better. We're not clear out of the woods, but we're a little bit better. But football-wise, they're a program that's not winning games. Schnellenberger came in. He said, this is how I'm going to recruit. He did the job, got him some wins. They left. Jimmy Johnson comes in. Was he the best coach? No, but he won national championships. And then when you're done watching the U Part 1, make sure you go and then watch the U Part 2. That's where you get the real boys like Ed Reed. What was Greg Olson? Greg Olson was on that one, right? Because he, he played for the Hurricanes. Yeah. I'm trying to think. That's when he got, like, Michael Irvin was in the first one. Ray Lewis was in the second one. Was Jimmy Graham in there? Mm hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham. Graham was in there, yeah. I'm trying to think. Terrell Suggs didn't go to Miami. Oh, to, now I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who else. It's That's where you get the cast of characters that, like, we grew up with in yeah. the NFL, especially yeah. like the Ray Lewis era of guys in the NFL. But. That's going to do it here for the primetime. This was a jam-packed primetime podcast. It was jam-packed. We're not done yet. Well, we're not. I mean, hey, think about it. In a couple weeks, uh, we're going to be talking basketball. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be talking football and basketball. we got to fit this into about an hour. We might have to go an hour and a half when Whoa. that starts going. Whoa. But that's going to do it here for the primetime podcast. Let's, Brandon, you want to add anything else before I uh, We have to do our up? picks. We do. Give me your game. That's what I was trying to say. We're not give, done yet, Ricky. He was me, not picking up what I was putting game. down. I was, not, I was not picking up what you were throwing down. Give me yours first because I have no idea what I'm going to give all you. All right. Well, since you've been all over them, you know, the last two weeks for God knows why. How Memphis about, over Tulane. No, Western Kentucky at Old Dominion. Western Kentucky. All right. How about? I hope they lose. I, hope I they really, lose so badly. I really want to give you the... Uh, I want to give you the Temple Notre Dame game, but I'm not going to do that. I am going to go with. Let's go with Auburn Old Miss. Old Miss. I think that's what I'm going to give you. Yeah. Old Miss. Auburn Old Miss. Old Miss. Auburn just has really let me down this year. Now I can sign it off, Brandon. Well, I I wanted to say, you know, one more thing. (laughs) Folks, you know, if you're you're looking for something to do, well, it won't be tonight, but, you know, on CNBC tonight, you know, we've got the Republican debates. So if you want to see how Donald Trump thinks he's going to build a wall all the way around the border to try and keep out illegal immigrants, and you want a good fucking laugh, go ahead and watch it. We're recording this on Wednesday night. Is that really on tonight? It's really on tonight. Wow. Now, you t- want to talk about a joke. I'll be that's, watching that's Game like, 2 of the that's, World Series. That's like ha-ha funny. Yeah, I'm not going to be watching. Yeah, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Game 2 of the I'll World Series, I'll be watching Game too. 2, but... But I'm just saying, if you want a ha-ha funny, that's what you watch. And as, Pres- I, you know, as President Obama put it, 
the Republicans have about as many people running for president, they have enough people to make a Hunger Games. They do. And all they need to do is kind of put them up on the little they pedestals enough, and then run off and kill each other. They have enough people to make a baseball team. Wouldn't be a good one. Was there like 15 of them? 15 candidates? It, you know what? Or nominations, the, the, I should the say. The reason why it wouldn't be a good one, you need to have talent. You do. To be you, have to, you have to have Plus, I don't think Donald Trump likes the, uh, the like, where all the baseball talent comes from. That's that kind of a joke. That's how we're going to end the primetime podcast. I so. just wanted to throw that in there, folks. <laughs> Again, this isn't about politics of any way. I don't care what what I what, can't what, stand what, politics. What so. way you, you you fall on Democrat Republican? But I hate but, arguing. But I can when tell it comes you what politics. Though, I hate. But arguing. when it's easy to make fun of it, you gotta go and make fun of it. Especially when it's Donald Trump. Oh, easily. Especially when it's Donald well, it's Trump. so easy. It's so easy. Anyways, mm -hmm. that'll do it for us. But that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. If that uh, little political uh, PSA by Brandon didn't turn you off, you can go ahead and hit that like button, that subscribe button, and all that good stuff. If you're on SoundCloud, hit post, hit what, repost, follow, whatever you do on SoundCloud. On YouTube, hit like, subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter, Brandon's at young underscore swan 19, although he's not 19. I am at Ricky Widmer. I am far for being 19 years Ricky's old. Ricky's 40. Most Valuable <laughs> Podcast is at Most Valuable Pod. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast. We will see you next week. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.